Hey everyone, this is Zach. Um, welcome back to our Beholder Mecha episode. Uh, like I said at the beginning of last episode, if you did last watch or listen to last episode, um, we split this episode into two parts because of how long it was running. Uh, we definitely take took a deep dive into the Beholders of D&D. Um, so this is part two. This is the part where we go over the stat block and we talk about how we would use them in our own games and to talk a little bit on how you can make these creatures your own. So, yeah. Um, I hope you had a good Halloween if you listened to the episode last week, and I hope you have a good whatever time it is. Um, yeah. So, here's, episode, here's part two of The Beholder. Enjoy. Alright, so that was the history of the Beholder through original Dungeons Dragons and 5th edition. So let's talk about their stat blocks in 5th edition. What can these things do? Um, I think, Anderson, you had a good idea last week where we should start with the Spectator, then go to Beholder, and then finish with the Death Tyrant. Just because it's lowest CR to highest CR. We're not going to talk about the Zombie Beholder. Oh, we're not going to talk about the Zombie Beholder. I, I, we can talk about it when zombies come up. When we finish the podcast, the last episode of the podcast, we'll talk about them. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's talk about, uh, let's look at the stat box. So this is page 30. This is the spectator. This is the CR3 version of the Beholder. It is the four tentacled one. And yeah, um, what do you guys see when looking at this that um, really, really pops out? Um, that makes it feel different than the other Beholders. There's one thing that I see, um, but it, it definitely ha is different. Um, what do you guys, what do, what do you guys see? What do you think? Create food and water. Right. That's one thing that pops out. It's like these things. No, but it no. is like a spectator's job is to functionally uh, keep an area uh, preserved for one person. Mm -hmm. yep. So the idea is that they live in this outer dimension, right? And then this, as Zach's already mentioned, they summon it. And it just guards it with its life and provides for you. For so you don't years. Yeah, so you don't technically need to leave. Um, there's a really cool encounter. I'm not going to go into details with it, but there's a really cool encounter with one in Phandalin. Lost Ooh. Minds of Phandalin. If anyone's ever run that level 1 to 5 adventure, it's a really good start adventure, and they, they do have a spectator in there. It's oh, pretty, that's awesome. Pretty I didn't cool. know that. Yeah. yeah, so create with food and water. I don't, I don't know any other... Creatures that I don't even think the angels had that. Yeah, no, that was uh, that. That's kind of surprising. And yeah. not not only that, I also want to go on record that that that's not a normal create food and water. Right. That is an at will ability. It's not a spell. That is, yeah, you're not so a true. spell. It can that make is, um... it can end world hunger on its own. Rules as written. And I think that's an important uh, thing to say about all the beholders. None of these are spells. So none of yeah. these are like they have spell slots to do this, or they can only do this like once. A they can just do this. Yeah, <laughs> they can just do things. So yeah, create food and water. You don't really expect that out of things. a beholder, but like as we said, yeah. and Anderson said, spectators are like these guards. They keep an area preserved. Uh, they're really they're like butlers, kind of. They're or, do, I guess slaves. Do the other ones have spell reflection? No, that is something okay. that they only have to. Yeah, and it's a really cool reaction. So um, probably the second most notable thing after Create Food and Water in the Spectator is a special reaction they have 
called Spell Reflection, and it says if the spectator makes a successful saving throw against a spell or a spell attack misses it, the spectator can choose another creature, including the spellcaster, it can see within 30 feet of it. The target, the spell targets the chosen creature instead of the spectator. If the spell forced a saving throw, the chosen creature must make its own save. If the spell was an attack, the attack rule is re-rolled against the chosen creature. That's a cool ability. Yeah, that's nice. Like, um... This is a CR3. Yeah, if you think about a spell reflection, um, it can reflect, like... Because wizards and stuff are kind of strong early level, so if you're like throwing firebolt at them or like um some other like maybe like hold monster or or hold person or <laughs> um I'm just trying to think of other first level spells. Or I, I mean, I guess you could even reflect a fireball back. Yeah, I think anything, almost anything. Yeah, so it, it's cool. Um. That's probably the strongest part of a spectator is it is really mm-hmm. good against uh, spellcasters. Also, it yeah. has a decent amount of array of ability scores, so it's it has a fair chance of passing most saving throws against spells. It has low strength, but there isn't too many spells that have you make strength saving throws, so it has a good chance of actually succeeding um, against these spell saves. Um, but yeah, as that cool spell reflection has created food and water, uh, unlike the other, oh, go ahead, sorry. They they don't speak common. Nope, none of them do. Oh, did we already say that? Nope, no one said that. Surprisingly, that's usually the first thing we say. But no, they all speak under common and deep speech. They don't speak actual common. Um, because why not? No one speaks common. Yeah. But I mean, they are alien creatures, so it makes sense. Um, you kind of get the undercommon for their past in the underdark, and you get deep speech, kind of from like the far realm. Um, so it's taking both. Um, so the spectator, unlike the other beholders, like I was saying, doesn't have ten eye rays; it only has four, and those four rays are confusion, um, paralyzing, fear, and wounding. So it doesn't have like disintegration or the death ray or anything like that. Um, and the DCs are all like thirteen. Yeah, too yeah. deadly. Because this thing is a guard; it's not like a full beholder. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if this thing kills you, it it would use you to make you kill yourself, like with a spellcaster. Yeah, it kind of like reflect a spell back at you and kill it. Yeah, definitely see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're not to the fighting part yet, but I think that's where my mind's going with this. For one. sure. For sure. Um, it has thirty feet hover speed which is actually the fastest of the Beholders. Beholders are usually slow, so 30 feet of hovering and flying is pretty quick for them. It's not um, wildly intelligent. No, it's not. It only has a plus one. Uh, it has a 16 passive perception, though, but that's because of all the eyes. So, CR3, passive perception 16. Pretty decent passive perception, if you ask me. That's a pretty big jump in intelligence between this and the actual Beholder. They are... Those are such a cool little thing. I like the spectators. They're like little, like you said, they're like little guard dogs. They really are. Um, <clears throat> they're not great in combat, but they are good protectors, and that's what they're there for. Um, anyone have anything else to say about the spectator before we move on to the beholder? Uh, yeah, it's a little meta-y, but um, this is also, out of the three, the fastest moving beholder. Yes. 
Um, absolutely, because like the other two are twenty feet. This one is thirty feet. Yeah, um, and I'm guessing that's because it's a smaller and it can move. Right, fast. a lot less mass to move around with that big old brain. Yeah, definitely. Which is kind of eye socks. Right. It's, it's a little ironic though because it's also the one that's never fucking leaving. You know. That is true. It is just <laughs> zipping around one area for 101 years, which it's I running, would love to know where that 101 years came from. Like, why uh, not 100? Why not? Why? Why 101? I don't know. I'm thinking of... alone to confuse the hell out of <laughs> yeah, podcast hosts. Just the madness of a beholder. Just that random number. It's like 101. There has to be, or maybe there's not, and it just is here to drive people crazy. Um, but yeah. That's the whole goal. That's the whole goal. the text even creates it. So, yeah, that's a spectator. Cool little guard dog beholder if you need it. Um, you can, and the cool thing about a spectator is you can really throw it into like places that beholders wouldn't be. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the actual, the eye tyrant itself, the beholder. This is a huge stat black. We also have to talk about its layer actions because the beholder and the death tyrant both have layer actions. But let's talk about the beholder without the layer actions first. So, what do you guys see i mean i see so 10 crazy eye rays that it can use uh, dangerous. it doesn't speak common <laughs> it doesn't speak common um it's a big yeah big jump from the uh from the spectator uh, it made yeah, I was just about to say, anti-magic cone seems pretty, pretty powerful. It really is. They kept it, it really from, is. since, like, first edition. Yeah, it's from original Dungeons & Dragons. So it's always had that anti-magic cone. Um, Beautiful thing. Yeah, and so anti-magic cone that's in front of it, it's 150 cone. It works as an anti-magic field. Um, so anything, magic items, magic spellcasters, <laughs> any type of magic, really, in that 150, nada. But that also includes its eye rays so there's like that little like give and take but i mean even so it can't shoot its rays into the magic cone correct it cannot it says that area works against the beholders on eye rays but i mean beholders are smart you just eye ray the wizard the fighter and barbarian turn your head the other way shoot the fighter and the barbarian um it has i i think we talked about the eye rays last because there's so many of them um it speaks deep speech under common. You guys talked about that. It doesn't speak common. It has a passive perception of 22. Woo! Wowzers. Dark vision of 120. Yeah. And dark vision of 120. Correct. Um, so, I mean, that just is because it has so many eyes, obviously. Yeah. I'm surprised thought... it doesn't have some form of true sight. Yeah, I'm actually surprised. Yeah, like the Death Tyrant doesn't have it or something. Um, I also like to imagine that the passive perception is not only the all the eye stocks but it's also the beholder's paranoia of just yeah. like always having to know what's around it yeah um i feel like that definitely plays into it mm. um takes schizophrenia for a plus five to passive perception though hell yeah <laughs> um it's ha- it's a large creature so it is a uh, big it is uh, takes up four squares um it has an armor class of 18 of natural armor so that's that's a pretty high ac i mean it's cr 13 so it's it's expected to be pretty high up there. Um, it has 180 hit points. It has 20 feet movement speed. Like we talked about, it's slower than the spectator. These things aren't fast compared to all the other creatures we've talked about. It, it has the same speed of a basilisk. So 
Those things are slow. Far less lazy, though. Far less lazy. Yeah, these things are not lazy. Um, Definitely more motivated. It has, a, motivated. it has a bite, which I... <laughs> I Would it ever even... I guess it, it might have... Like, last. Yeah. Literally the last thing you would ever do. Because it's either yeah. bite or shoot three magical eye rays. I'm glad that it's there, but I kind of wish it had the... Uh... What is I don't think it's called devour, but where it would like swallow a thing. I wish oh, it, could... it that is devour, yeah. Property like the like the mimic. Yes. Well, if we ever got um a hive mother, oh. probably get devour. Um, but yeah. So let's talk about the thing that makes a beholder of the beholder. The thing that people tell stories of their party encountering it. Why? What happened? And what really makes these things killers and TPK masters? And that is their eye rays. So their eye ray action says the beholder shoots three of the following magical eyes at random. So one action, three rays. Yikes. Yeah. That does that also. So I think it's easy to say the beholder is so strong because of its action economy. So one action, three rays. It also has legendary actions, which you can take at the end of other people's turns if you don't know what legendary actions are. And you can cast three more random eye rays. So that means you are doing six eye rays a round. That is a lot of action economy. Yeah. That's bonkers. Yeah. So usually the party has advantage on action economy. Beholders kind of can match that. Um, so let's talk about the race. So we have our charm ray, so that charms a creature. We have a paralyzing ray. Um, you can be paralyzed for a minute. Uh, you repeat saving throws at the end of your turn. A fear ray you can be frightened for a minute. You have a slowing ray, which is one of the more interesting ones. It says um, the target's speed is halved for one minute. In addition, the creature can't take reactions, and it can take either an action or a bonus action, not both. Um, you also make that saving throw at the end of its turn. I think that can be a, depending on what class gets it by that, it could really, really like nerf your character. Um, and then after that, you get the, how do you even say that? In, innervation, right? Innervation, yeah. Um, which is just 8d8 necrotic damage or half on success. Uh, you have a telekinetic ray that is a saving throw, strength saving throw, or you can get thrown or pushed against the wall or like just incapacitated by the beholder. You're psychically taken by it. Um, it also can grab items weighing up to 300 pounds or less. So it can steal stuff from you because it says the beholder can also exert fine control on objects with this ray, such as manipulating simple tools or opening a door or a container. So, you know, um, so if you have an artifact that that he wants, get swoop and it. he rolls that. It's yours. A pesky rogue with a bow. Yep, it could just be like yeah. yoink. <laughs> um, absolutely. That's cool. Yeah, uh, it could also, if you wanted to, the builder really wanted to be a dick, it could grab someone's unconscious body and move it, so the party couldn't get it. Oh, oh man, yeah. these things are evil, so they would. It's like, oh, you're trying to heal your teammate? Nah. <laughs> Not. Um, I just watched horror and I get my sight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then after the telekinetic ray, you have the sleep ray, um, which um, wisdom saving throw, fall asleep. 
Um, and then you have two more rays, which are the really deadly ones. You have the petrification ray, which um, pretty much takes what the basilisk can do, but makes it a ray form and makes it. You can even be. You don't. You can't hide your eyes away from it like the basilisk. So. DC uh, 16 dex saving throw. Um, if you fail, you are restrained and begin turning to stone. It must repeat the saving throw at the end of its next turn. On a success, uh, the effect ends. On a failure, the creature is petrified until freed by the greater restoration spell or other magic. So you have two turns. You better make both dex saving throws or you're out of there. You might not even have that. If it's really evil, it might just, you know... Well, I guess you it, ha, you it has two turns until you turn to stone. I'm sorry, yes. You yes. have two turns. But after that, like I was just thinking, this thing would throw a stone person at its teammates. Oh, absolutely. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, you turn uh, like a member of the party into a stone, and then it just uses telekinetic rain to smashes it into someone else. <laughs> um, and then I think the ray that the Beholder is most known for is its last one. Oh, last two ones. I'm sorry. Um, the last two ones are the ones that the, it is known for, and that is the Disintegration Ray, which if it drops you to zero, which it does 10d8 damage of force damage, which not many creatures are can reduce force damage, um, you turn into a pile of fine gray dust. Oh. Yep. Um, and then the last ray is a Death Ray, which is 10d10 necrotic damage, and if it is reduced to zero hit points, it dies. No saving throws. Yikes. So that, there's two rays right there. You go to zero, you're gone. No death saving throws. You're just dead. You're bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Um, and like I, it really is. It, these things are TPK masters because of that. And like I said, one six seconds, one round, one ray per second as a beholder, it can cast, it can do. So at least they're random. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Yes, they're random. At least they're random. That is true. You could get RNG lucky, or you could get RNG bad and just be That's like, true. "Oh, a ten, a nine, and a eight. Great." <laughs> and it can reuse them, right? There's no recharge. No, there's no recharge. There's no spell slots. There's nothing. They, they, it can if it rolls, it can use a disintegration. It, like, let's say somehow I get insanely lucky. Um, so with its three rolls, if it has duplicates, it has to re-roll on its turn. But on its iray as a reaction, or as a legendary action, it doesn't have to re-roll. So you could, like, be, all right, legendary action, legendary action, legendary action. Those could all three be disintegrates. It could True. technically cast disintegrate four Ooh. times. Well, that, that would, the RNG would be have to be insanely on, like, yeah. the Beholder's side. But it could. Like these things aren't anything to laugh at. They're, they're not rolls public, folks. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Beholders. I personally like rolling in public anyway, but if I was rolling in pub private, I would be rolling in public when we were fighting a beholder. Absolutely. Um, yeah, anything else you guys want to say about the stat block? Oh, we have to talk about the layer actions. So that is just the beholders base stat blocks um it is cr 13 when you add it and put it in its layer it becomes cr 14 which i mean you're going to be fighting a beholder in its layer it's paranoid it's not going to leave it i don't think unless it's conquering stuff like yeah it it it, it, it probably is like because it's paranoid it's its layer is a safe place it has traps and stuff so if we look at its layer actions um 
it has the ability so layer actions for those who don't know are on initiative count 20 um it can use a layer action so that includes a 50 foot square area of ground within 120 feet of the beholder becomes slimy and becomes difficult terrain um walls within 120 feet of the beholder sprout grasping appendages and uh each creature of the beholder's choice that starts its turn within 10 feet of such wall must make a deck saving throw or be grappled or the most brutal of them is an eye opens on a solid surface within 60 feet of the beholder one random eye of the beholder shoots from the eye of the at the target from that eye at a target of the beholder's choice that it can see the eye then closes and disappears so you're like you're a rogue who's trying to hide behind a pillar yeah so no, you're good. So with the Slayer actions, it can cast seven eye rays for si- for every six seconds. And if you're trying to get cover, like let's say you're hiding behind a pillar here, the beholder can still see you. Uh, it shoots you with a ray behind it from behind you. You don't get the half cover or quarter cover bonuses to your saving throws. Um, yeah. It also has regional effects where... Um, within one mile, people feel like they're sometimes being watched when they aren't. And when my, probably my favorite part is when the Beholder sleeps, minor warps in reality occur within one mile of its lair, and they vanish 24 hours later. Marks on cave walls might change subtly. An eerie trinket might appear where none existed before. Harmless slime might coat a statue, and so on. So that's kind of going back to their dreaming and the reality bending that they can do. Um, yeah. Anyone have anything to say about it? the layer actions or regional effects of this the beholder monster. can't repeat an effect until they have all been used and it can't use the same effect two rounds in a row yes so if you fight it for more than three rounds you could have to deal with those things again absolutely that is something good that is good to know though so it's not going to be eye ring every layer action um it has right. to use one of the all three of them and then it can but that's a beholder fight is either going to end really quick or go on a bit. I feel like they have a decent amount of health, 180. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So let us move on to the spookiest of the beholders we have, the CR14 monster that is the Death Tyrant. Um. Something My I want to know. Of the three. Absolutely, it's the coolest. Um. <laughs> so it. I want to note something between the Beholder and the Death Tyrant. There's a lot of stuff that is, like, slightly modified a little bit better than the Death Tyrant. Like, the AC of a Beholder is 18, Death Tyrant is 19. Hit points of a Beholder is 180, hit points of a Death Tyrant is 187. <laughs> and it's it's funny, like, because no. it's such a subtle difference, but if you look yeah. at the formulas for their health, they're wildly different. Absolutely, right? yeah. So the Beholder is 19d10 plus 76. It's a very balanced range, right? You're going to just get, like, you know, between that, like, 140 to 240 range. A Death Tyrant is 25d10 plus 50. So it's losing yep. a flat 26, but it's increasing its maximum threshold by fucking... How much is that? Six uh, 60. 60 more yep. points. So it could get up to 300 HP if you really wanted it to, or if you wanted a big yep. bad guy and you just put it at max anyways. Absolutely. Um, and also, it's important to note that the Death Tyrant has a little bit lower of a con modifier, but it is also more intelligent and more charismatic. So that kind of helps with the spell casting. It also 
So the Beholder has proficiency in intelligent wisdom and charisma saving throws. The Death Tyrant has strength, con, int, wisdom, and charisma. The only saving throw it's not <laughs> proficient is dexterity. Yep. It also gets a bunch of uh, immunities for conditions. Yep. And uh, it gains a damage immunity to poison, but can't be charmed, exhausted, paralyzed, petrified, poisoned, or knocked prone. Yep. It has a oh, same passive perception of 22. It speaks deep speech and undercommon. And one of the most, and probably the most notable difference, is that instead of having an anti-magic cone like the Beholder, it instead has a negative energy cone, which says the Death Tyrant's central eye emits an invisible, magical, 150-foot cone of negative energy. At the start of each of its turns, the Tyrant decides which way the cone faces and whether the cone is active. Any creature in that area can't regain hit points. Any humanoid that dies there becomes a zombie under the tyrant's command. The den humanoid yes. retains its place in the initiative order and animates at the start of its next turn, provided that the body isn't completely destroyed. That is awesome. Yeah, so can't heal. That's a big deal. That's a very big deal. Um, it's also, like yeah. the undead abolith. Pretty much, yeah. Just accidentally take over a whole town. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and if you think about it, like, at least with, like, the anti-magic cone, there's, like, an advantage to that. Like, if you play it right, you can keep moving within the anti-magic cone and not get hit by the eye ray. <laughs> you can't take cover in the negative energy cone. <laughs> You're going yeah. to avoid that shit. This um, thing, you, when, yeah. when you said accidentally, Anderson, I was, like, thinking, like, Sin could actually accidentally take over a town. If it walked in and, like, scared a person to death like an old man like just like yeah. had a heart attack fell out turned into a zombie this death tyrant was just like came here for a brewski now <laughs> he's all confused <laughs> zombies just going off anyway. <laughs> right and i mean that's why like in the lore it talks about like them controlling armies because like a 150 phone foot cone and they just like are ring every six seconds like they're just gonna accumulate bodies like yeah. a while there. True. Um it still has a bite. <laughs> so just in case. Yep, it uh still shoots three <laughs> of the following case. magical rays. Um there isn't really there's no difference in the rays except all of the beholders DCs are sixteen and all the eye tyrants DCs are seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> So like I'm, I'm like let me look again, but I'm pretty sure that's the only difference is like they're all the same except the t death tyrant is just has one DC higher. So you, you're right, it is. You you beat a beholder and you're like yeah DC 16. That's what we have to beat. Oh next beholder, <laughs> roll 16. 17. <laughs> um yeah. and then like the beholder we have its layer actions and I should say um death tyrant can also do six eye rays a round. So since it has the same. Legendary yeah. action. It's still just going to shoot three at random. Um, what I I think is missing from the Death Tyrant, I really think they should have done more with it, honestly, in my opinion. Um, but they should have given it, it a higher passive perception because it's not restricted to where its eyes are looking. It has ten floating eyes that have omnidirectional sight. Good call. Right? Yeah. Should have been higher passive perception. Just, just my opinion, right? Just throwing out my thoughts on this. Um, it should have some form of like true sight with that same concept. 
And uh, I really think that um, some of these eye rays could be more themed after its main eye. Like right? on Deadmore, yeah. Yeah. I um, was just thinking, this is something super, super small, but I think it should have a damage immunity in Necrotic. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would say so. Or at least a resistance. Yeah, because right now it can take, which doesn't really make sense. But uh, I I agree with that. Like maybe the telekinetic ray um gets turned into maybe like a raised dead ray or something, or something more like undead or necromantic mm-hmm. or something like that, or a more necro more necrotic damage to its rays. Yeah. Um. But I I agree. I agree. I think um they could have done that a little bit more, especially seeing after the second edition beholders and the mountain we got like they really changed those up like some had lobster claws some were trees like i feel like they could have really um done that except yeah i agree um but let's look at the layer actions on this death tyrant so um flavorful yeah i'm pretty sure they are yeah so they are Okay, so the first layer action is actually different. So, Beholders, they make a difficult terrain. Um, Death Tyrants, tyrants it says, an area that has a 50-foot cube within 120 feet of the Tyrant is filled with spectral eyes and tentacles. Kind of like, um, what is that one warlock spell? Oh, the horror, uh, the, Hunger of Hadar. Yeah, yeah. Kind of reminds me of that. Uh, to creatures other than the Death Tyrant, the area is lightly obscured and difficult terrain. Okay, so it just adds lightly obscured. <laughs> Never mind. Um... The wall sprout appendages that the beholder can do, the death tyrant can do, except they're like spectral appendages, and even if you're in the ethereal plane, you get can get yoinked by them. And the DC is one higher. Two higher, actually. Um, and then the last one is the spectral eye. So it's just flavored instead of an eye opens up on a solid um surface, it's just an eye appears. So it's pretty much just reflavored. Um it's regional effects. Uh, the second one is a little different, so it still has the one mile. People feel like they're being watched. And it says, when a creature hostile to the tyrant and aware of the, its existence finishes a long rest within one mile, roll a d20 for that creature on a roll of 10 or lower. That creature is subjected to... Wait, I did not read this before we recorded. That's actually nuts. So, when a creature hostile to the tyrant and aware of its existence... Finishes a long rest within one mile of the Tyrant's Slayer. Roll d20 for that creature. On a roll of 10 or lower, the creature is subjected to one random eye ray. <laughs> the Tyrant. Don't come in here, motherfucker. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Stay back. Um, yeah, I guess I didn't read that before we recorded, but that's great. That's kind of nuts. It's because, a like, If we're talking about it taking over a town, if like the townspeople know Beholders underneath it, they're aware of it, and they're probably in a mile of it. <laughs> So, like, people, you just see people waking that's up and just some of them getting zapped, some of them not. <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's a cool regional effect. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Definitely gives like weird vibes if you enter a city that, um, you know, is yes. in control of a beholder. Some yes, weird story. Um, oh, I guess it also, because it is undead, it doesn't require air, food, drink, or sleep. So, other beholders do require that stuff. So. They don't sleep. Or if you need food or drink. So these things are always paranoid, always up, always looking, always lurking. They're cool. They are um spicy yeah. Boys. They are spicy boys. You got that right. Um 
anyone anyone have anything else to say about these stat blocks anything they think is awesome about them something that they might make them weak that you might can exploit Ooh. Mm. Charm. Not oh, tyrants. Not the death tyrant. Be can. That is a good yeah, that's, I, I think all of the immunities to the death tyrant really shines the light what kind of exploits you can do on a beholder. Mm-hmm. It really is anything. You can stun it. You can charm it. You can petrify it. it. If you have something, you can do it. But a death yeah. tyrant. Yeah, this thing was a little... I really, I can't see anything that I would exploit. Um, it is considered an undead, so like, if you just come up behind, there's no anti magic cone, so a paladin could just run right up. But could you turn undead. It's a little too high CR for that to have an effect. True. Can it still? Wow, let me see something with higher clerics. But I think you're right. Um. Someone talk about something. Uh, <laughs> can't just put that pressure on us. Um, so it can turn undead because it, oh, the only CR rating for turn undead is destroying them. It can't destroy it with turn undead, but it can still frighten it. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it's not immune to being frightened. So yeah, um, a cleric could turn undead. It um, it is a. Do I want to say wisdom saving throw? Yeah. Um, it only has a plus it, seven to wisdom. It only right? has a plus seven. Yeah, only <laughs> has a plus seven. So, I mean, you're not going to be able to exploit that that well. But, yeah, paladins and other things that have smites. It would be usually. worth a shot. I mean, oh, if, absolutely. You, if you at desperate times, you know, the dice could be on your side. Honestly, if you've made it that far, if you're close enough and it hasn't bitten you or disintegrated you, you should probably just try it. Yeah, this is this is not <laughs> a fight where you were like, oh, I need to like hold spell slots or hold this thing because I think yeah, we might get into a bigger fight. In. You need to be throwing. This is the bigger fight. This is the biggest fight. This is the bigger fight. You're here. <laughs> if you're wondering, should I do it? You should do it. Yeah, pull out all stops here. This is the moment. <laughs> yeah, this is the moment. Throw everything you got at it. Um, throw your body at it if you have to. Um, just, just beat it up. But that, that's another thing. Friends, yeah. dead body at it. I don't exactly do whatever you need. Yeah, yeah I guess there's something. We, it is slow, but we didn't talk about it. This thing can fly and float, so it could just like yeah, fly like, forty airs on his like laser slow. beam. So hopefully you can get up there. Um. Yeah. Cool. So lots of stat blocks. These things are killers. I mean, I think they're 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 how they're spoken about around game tables and in game shops and on forums and stuff about being these TPK monsters and these monsters. I mean, their stat blocks shows us why. There's not like these things aren't underwhelming. Um, I don't think they're overwhelming. I think they're exactly what they should be. Yes. I don't think they should change. I don't think they should be like fourth edition where they literally can make an eye ray if you get in twenty five feet of them though. That. That's not. Oh my gosh! No. Because you could picture like the already six it can make, technically seven, and then you get close. It could, you have five members. It could be making up to like twelve IRAs. I can hear the cleric now. Perhaps I could charge in and frighten mm-hmm. it. It gets a little bit closer. Yeah, disintegrated. Disintegrated. <laughs> 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 um. 
Oh, and they're probably like the beholder is probably laughing maniacally the entire time. Um, so let's move on to the last part of the show. So for people who are new here, the last part of our show, part three, we talk about how we would use these creatures in our own game. We do that by exploring the three pillars of Dungeons and Dragons, which is social exploration and combat, and then we round it all off with putting our own twist on a creature. So, how would you use a beholder? in a social setting? How would you use them in an adventure or story? And what happens if your party runs into them? How would you play them out? Uh, I think it plays out similarly to the Abolith. Right? Where it's like a town of people that have been yeah. uh, sort of most likely charmed uh, yeah. indefinitely by like a death tyrant or a uh, beholder and it's just sort of living under this town. Not necessarily like the creature under the well, but, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so I feel yeah. like a social encounter might be more along the lines of, like, engaging with the people in the town. And they might yeah. not all be, you know, under the effects of the charm all the time. It does only last an hour, so, like, perhaps they're just too afraid to leave under fear Maybe. of death, like, he's just said, like, if you try to leave, I'll disintegrate you. And then, uh, if they try to leave, he just charms them. <laughs> um, so Absolutely. maybe your social encounters are just, like, with these people that feel like they're being held hostage in their own village or something, rather than actually having to talk to the beholder itself. No, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and if you were to, like, talk to a beholder, I guess, like, I would play them as very paranoid, you know? Absolutely, Probably yeah. like, holy shit, they found me kind of like uh, mood uh, okay. that the Beholder would be in. It at would least know. for me. It would know. Yeah. It, yeah, definitely. It could be like, how did you get past my defenses? I was like, I know yeah. you're here, why you're here. Or like, yeah, very paranoid, very... But it'd also be super elitist. It'd be like, oh, I let you get into my lair. I, I purposely yeah. left that corridor open. <laughs> um, I I think paranoid is gonna make them want to do combat a lot, but I think you could use them. Um, I think it'd be cool to run an adventure or story where maybe there's like a quest talking about killing a being in another cavern, and you eventually find out that like the quest giver is the one beholder trying to kill another beholder, <laughs> like go the line, and you're like, kind of like a beholder gang war. I like that. Like, you run into another party who's all like working for the other beholder and it's just like wait <laughs> what's going on here um i think that'd be really cool i mean seeing them in second and use these things so much that we've seen so many different types of beholders throughout their history yeah um i think i mean i think xanathar is also a prime example of what beholders can be it is a crime lord it is the thieves guild leader of Waterdeep. so like these things are also intelligent mm -hmm. um and they also like shiny that's something i don't think i brought up but they like collecting things and shiny things like most mm -hmm. monsters in dungeons and dragons um yeah they hoarders they are hoarders um but i think definitely these things have a social aspect to them where they can be talked to they can be spoken to they can be quest givers they can definitely be the en your enemies they can they you could even find i feel like a beholder if we're talking social encounters you could like 
have this entire mystery or entire story going through and it like it feels like maybe there's like some mad person behind it or some like maniacal mastermind behind this all and you find out like the person try like corrupting the council in the town is a beholder because it's paranoid that um oh now i just remembered in one of the editions it actually has a little expert that like if a beholder notices a town near it elects a new mayor it's so paranoid that it believes that they elected that new mayor because that mayor promised to kill the beholder wow so uh that is kind of actually crazy right that that is the level of paranoia they have is they and they're also xenophobic and they're narcissists they believe everything that happens in the world around them is because of them or against them or for them Mm. so yikes could definitely run like an adventurous story of like mass conspiracy that it's just a beholder trying to like rid what it believes to be its enemies that aren't even enemies <laughs> oh my god you cool? yeah i, I really like the idea of them being super paranoid i think it's it's a fun flavor aspect right because they just they look so monstrous and they are but it's also like you would think them to be like evil to the core and like out for you know domination and things like that but it's like yeah. no it's not like they're not objectively trying to um you know end the world uh, right <clears throat> it's not like they're going out and like slaying people because they're just inherently evil they're most likely hiding and plotting on what to do if that were to happen you know they're not exactly. actually <laughs> so like batman in a way that they have a contingency plan for everything yeah i'm gonna disagree with you there well i guess the contingency plan yeah but <laughs> later than the batman seems a little far-fetched i'm just thinking of that uh one uh film and storyline where batman has, is like so paranoid that he has a way to take out everyone in the Justice yeah. League. Uh, uh, Justice League Doom TM. Y- yeah. Yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think these are things can be used socially. I think they would be really fun to run socially too. Um. I don't think I've ever explored really their social aspect. But I mean, they're just. They could be kind of trolly. I think. Like yes. yes, they're paranoid, but I think that they could be like paranoid to the point where they use that as a deflection device like maybe you never even find the beholder maybe it's just hiding and paranoid and scared so it just continues to manipulate crazier things and crazier things and uh maybe you just never even see him and he just gets away because you know he doesn't want to be social <laughs> he's paranoid yeah i mean you go with the conspiracy idea like you could if the beholder is probably like the shadowy figure. Like there's probably like a person who like the beholder probably has charmed someone or convinced someone to like go do all their work for them. But like behind it all, is just the beholder trying to do other things. I also think um, you can really play with the idea that like the party might just not even understand what the hell the beholder is talking about. The beholder could like just be like rambling on about like the party came from some distant land working for someone and like name drop five other things. The party is like, uh, we just like walked into this cave. <laughs> And he's just like, oh fuck! I he's like, ah, the pl- plot thirty-two B when the part a party just accidentally <laughs> walks into the cavern. I know how to do there. He pulls a lever, just the floor drops out. <laughs> oh, my God! Great. Oh yeah. So 
Hell yeah. Anyone have anything else to add on to the social aspect of these? I don't think so. Right on. All right, let's move on to exploration. So that is what kind of landscapes might this monster be found in? Do they have a favored terrain? And uh, what type of fantastical locations could you create and place them in? I've been most excited for. Hit me with it. Uh, I'll do two things. First of all, I'll go with like the the reasonable thing, right? I think like deep down in the caves, the underdark, they're doing their thing. They're manipulating like a series of underground creatures that go and do their bidding and things of that nature. So you gotta go down into the sticky, slimy underground and seek out this disgusting beholder that's that's doing things. Of course, I always go to the mountains, but um. Now to go to the more fantastical. I see a party exploring through a volcano. Yes. <laughs> As they uh, ascend, they, they find themselves in the inner part of the volcano. So it's like a big circle and you look down below and there, there's lava just bubbling up. But it's like an inner staircase. So they're like ascending the inner rim of this volcano. And from the lava, of course, in this uh, iteration, the, the, the beholder is fire resistant, fireproof. It just uh, comes out of the lava and it uh, just ascends and it begins combat with the party where it just spins in circles, slinging lava, using its eye rays, Disco Inferno. I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Uh, um, disco, God damn it! I mean, a beholder could be born with like mirror skin if someone with another beholder dreams of it. Yeah, and it's just spinning disco around. Pew, 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 pew. Hell yeah! Uh, or you could just find it under a mountain. Who's someone else? Just go now. Um, god damn it! Yeah, absolutely. Um, a college town, a university city. No? Yes. <laughs> um, I think you can go all the way back to second edition again and uh, do some spelljammer shit. Like, put them on a spaceship. Maybe it. the party finds a ship that's a spaceship, and they're just like, "Why is there a boat in the middle of the desert?" But it's actually a spaceship, a spell jammer, if you will. Um, and a, maybe a mother hive is there, hive mother is there. Um, but yeah, these beholders can pretty much be found anywhere. They can dig out caves with their eye ray. You can put them in other planes. You can put them. I, I really like the spell jammer idea, and I also really like the water deep Xanathar too. That like they're in public settings and stuff there's also the city from i tyrant maybe exploring an old city of beholders that was had a civil war and you could explore that that would be super cool um do they have a favorite train i don't believe so i think it's specific to each beholder because each beholder is so unique their skin and their different like anatomy and stuff could really you you could really put um a beholder you could even have a furry beholder in like the arctic like it because if it dreams of a hairy like yeti like beholder that'd be a thing so you can really fit a beholder to any location if you can you dream want. it you can do it if a beholder can dream it you can do it um <laughs> absolutely um yeah does anyone have any other type of uh, like landscapes or anything that they'd like to see a beholder on or beholder from or anything like that i don't think there's a landscape that i wouldn't want to try to put a beholder in right like 
Right. Like, I feel like as I'm like looking at my game map where I'm planning all my series of adventures for my party, like, I just mm-hmm. wanna, I just wanna think of cool places to put this creature where it could do cool things, and and you know, they just seem like a fun thing to to plug in places and have a lot of power and control, and it's kind of the money maker, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, I agree. I um, it can be found in new places. It can be found in ancient places. It could just haunt out of nowhere. It can literally a beholder literally could be dreamed and just a. Like a one builder could be dream of beholder, and the beholder could just like materialize in the middle of a town, and that could be an adventure. It's like, oh, a beholder literally just appeared out of reality, out of nowhere in the middle of our town. Help us! That could be the quest. You could really just put them anywhere. Um, deep yeah. sea adventures. You have the deep sea beholder. You have tree beholders. I love the tree beholder so much. Space um, beholders, mountain space beholders, ice beholders, fire disco inferno. Fire, Disco, Inferno, Beholders. Really, it's pick your poison of type of Beholder. Pirate um, Beholders. I think that's actually the plushie that I poison saw. Poison Beholder. Like with a pirate head. Boy, ooh, Poison, poison Beholder. beholder would be- you could do like a Medusa Beholder where like if you did have like a Greek theme, like um, being like the ruins of like a Greek temple or something. And instead of a Medusa, it's just um, a Beholder and it's eye, sto- eye stocks are just snakes with eyes in them. That would be cool. Yeah, you could have. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So really, I think what we're trying to say here is you can be put up older anywhere. Really solid plug and play. Uh, if you want an idea for a cool, fantastic location and you don't have a monster for it, beholder. Um, you're playing off in a tavern in the the first session. Beholder. Beholder. You know, beholder. Why not? you want to TPK at pretty much any point up until the point up until your players are like level twelve. Beholder. Beholder. Even level twelve, <laughs> they could even be TPK from this. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, last but not let's talk combat um so how how would these things fight what tactics will they use obviously tactics wise we've talked about paranoid they have a plan for every single thing i think plan one is don't fight yeah right like yeah they're... plan one is yeah go on i was just gonna say if they have people under their control throw them at them first otherwise like if your party seems quote-unquote easily manipulatable the beholder would know that like immediately right you're right yeah so it would coerce them to go somewhere else maybe have like a dossier on you if it sees that this is an opportunity for diplomacy it might just allow you in depending on like the type of party that it is but if they're like the aggressors and it's gonna fight um i think it throws meat shields at it first and it's probably got like so many traps in its lair. Have, oh, so many traps! Absolutely, so very many traps that have been set up by its like minions and other things that it's chosen to have work for it or whatever. It yeah. can manipulate every outcome. Yeah, its its yeah. dreams manipulate reality. It could be accidentally creating traps, weak spots in the stone, and yeah, I didn't think about that stuff like that. Like there might be places in this mountain that this thing dare not go because every time it dreams, it dreams of this one hallway, and it knows for a fact that you're gonna walk down the hallway. So it just chills and waits, and yeah. if you make it through, laser. Yeah, <laughs> and a more meta way of thinking too is these things hover. It probably has a shit ton of ground traps, like mm-hmm. booby traps, tripwire. You will like pass you fall down. Maybe there's like it could like 
be an entire a, a beholder trying to set up like a tripwire trap. <laughs> it can use yeah. telekinesis with like very fine yeah. ability though. So I like imagine it's a tie box to try and like tie rope. Hilarious, but it'd get the job done. I imagine Absolutely. if you're going through like a series of caves through a mountain to get to this thing, at some point the floor just isn't going to be there. Like you said, the, the, it doesn't need it. So right. if, if a section of floor fell out, what does a beholder care? If someone comes it to doesn't. try to find it, it's just an advantage. Um, it also <laughs> most likely 99% has a way to escape. Yeah, like It's not going to fight in a room where it can't leave easily. That was why Volcano came to my mind immediately. It, I didn't immediately think of Disco Inferno. That was just the funny thing that came to mind. But if a Beholder had a lair, it seems like a volcano would be an ideal place, especially like a dormant one, because it could just sort of hover upward and outward. Agreed. And I think there's two ways Beholders can be played um, in combat. They can either be played where they are think they are so self-important that they can't lose a fight and they fight to their death, or they think they're so important that they can't die here, so they leave. I think. They're, they're narcissists. They either think they can defeat us, them or they leave because they don't want to die um so i feel like if you really want to play a beholder fight two zero um like 180 to zero it tilt dies you can but if you also want to have a beholder that becomes a reoccurring villain i think it's totally rational to have this thing want to live another day and escape unlike, and have a hundred plans to add, to actually escape unlike Almost every other creature we've talked about so far, with the exception of, off the top of my head, angels. Um, which yeah. even I don't even think that applies. Uh, self-preservation is not an oversight with the Beholder. In most other cases yeah. that we've experienced, like these creatures have been willing to just go until the very end, uh, fight until death, because like the Abolith, it didn't matter. It could just come back to life. Um, angels, I I think was like a similar thing, right? And I mean, if like angels would fight to the death if they were set to smite down evil, like that's not a thing. Self preservation right. isn't because they're pretty much just slaves to the gods. If a beholder thinks it's gonna lose, I think it it will aim for self preservation. It will just try to run, relieve. Pulls a lever, blows up the cave, and just hovers out of there. <laughs> right, it doesn't, it doesn't have the luxury of just being reborn in uh, the infinite plane of water or something. Yeah, like that. absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think like the tactics it would use, it would use a lot of traps. It would use its layer. It would be very smart with its positioning. It would definitely be cheap. It would fly up. Um, a beholder is also kind of iffy. It might have a lot of minions. It might not have. It might be paranoid of its minions. So, like, the minions might be in everywhere in the cave except, like, the chamber of the beholder because the beholder doesn't want anyone in its chamber. So you might have to fight through, like, a wave of minions to get to the beholder. Um, but then if the beholder does have minions in the fight, those minions might accidentally get a raid to the face because it doesn't care. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyone have anything else about how these things would fight? How, what tactics will they use or anything? Or do you think we've said it all? I, I think we've covered just about everything. All right. Let's, yeah. talk, let's talk about how we'd put our own spin on them. I mean, I have mine. I'm... I said mine. Disco Inferno, baby. Mecca. 
Beholder. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and this can be played out many ways. I've written three Mecha Beholders. None of them have been played. Either an organization has seen the wonderful power of a Beholder and has decided to create the ultimate weapon. And that, my friends, is a Mecha Beholder, which is a robotic Beholder. Or they found a dying Beholder and they made it a cyborg. And you have a cyborg Mecha Beholder that is just a Beholder that has metal plating on it. They go pew pew. And I guess now with 5th edition lore, if a Beholder dreamed of a Mecha Beholder, that could also be why a Mecha Beholder exists. Mecha Beholder. Um, but yeah. on a, and on all... I want to stress the whole Mecha Beholder thing. I just really want to stress that Mecha Beholders are dope. <laughs> Um, but really, I think we've shown putting your own twist on it. Second edition, third edition, fourth edition, and even a little bit of fifth edition of Olos. It really shows you if there's a beholder you want to run. Maybe there's a beholder you want to have ice powers. A beholder you want to have fire powers. A beholder that goes invisible. A beholder that has legs. A beholder that rolls around like an armadillo. A beholder that is underwater or can breathe fire or that. You can make it that beholders. I think are lore wise at least the most adaptable creature that we have covered so far they can really be flavored to how you want them you can replace the different eye rays interchangeably with different other ones and i don't think it will affect it too much like you can take the petrification ray maybe make it like a freeze ray and freeze them to death or take um a charm ray make it a raised undead ray make it a necromancer um, death tyrant you can look at the older editions you can bring back the ghost beholder if you want a spooky beholder that refuses to die you can bring back the tree beholders um i i just honestly if you have an idea for a beholder the book and the lore and everything about it is pretty much giving you the ability to make it whatever the hell you want without stepping on the lower and i think that is really cool because i know sometimes yeah when I'm creating monsters, I'm like, oh, I want to use it for this, but I like also it feels weird if I take out like a large chunk of that creature's lore to use it because I feel like, okay, this isn't like it doesn't feel the same because I know like the creature's lore and I want to run it like this, but like it doesn't fit with a beholder. The lore allows you to make any type of beholder you want, which is fantastic, absolutely great. It is amazing. And I, I mean, I'm glad I didn't come into this episode and find out the beholder was like lackluster or not worthy of its attention but i think this all it's all its history uh, we've done and all it talking about it i think this beholder absolutely deserves all its recognition it gets it deserves to be on the covers of all these monster manuals and other books it deserves to be like the face of dungeons and dragons absolutely and scene and and scene um <laughs> uh, but yeah i i unless anyone unless anyone has anything else yeah i think that's that's our beholder episode it's a long one it's gonna be in two parts because damn i've been talking for like two and a half hours straight now and my voice <laughs> hurts <laughs> um so days yes you yes. just dm'd last night you've been a talking machine <laughs> i've been dm and i'm streaming tomorrow um yeah. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk from Saturday to Tuesday. I'll, I'll just grunt when I play Mindy <laughs> on Sunday. I'll just type what I do. Um, but I've been talking a lot. My th- I actually lost my th- voice Tuesday, so I'm glad I had it back for this episode. Um, but yeah. So that was our Beholder episode. As always, thank you for listening. You guys all rule. I'm really hope that um the information we are able to give you tonight and today were able to help you look at Beholders in a different way and really help you 
put them into your one shot your campaign and honestly thank you for listening um I, uh, we really made and happy halloween holy shit halloween. yeah happy halloween it is not halloween right now but this thing's it's going to be released on halloween well, the first part is spook city. Um, spook city and uh talking about holidays next week we get to talk about the living christmas trees of dungeons and dragons <laughs> well not next week next episode because this is going to be a two-parter next episode we get to talk about the blights the awakened plants and trees of dungeons and dragons these guys are also cool there's three of them nice. uh they have really cool art and uh they're not, they're, they're just they're living trees which is cool um uh, but yeah let's plug some stuff let's get out of here and let's let's go get ready to celebrate some halloween shane you can catch me live at twitch.tv slash bring the Shane variety streamer. It's what I do. I'm on other forms of social media. Come hang out, have fun. Thanks for listening. You're all great. Also, he's constipated. What? <laughs> you just sounded constipated. Never mind. Mm-hmm. Edit that out. Anderson hit us. Uh, you can find me playing D&D every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, playing a Greek-themed setting. Uh, and here in the next month or so, I'm going to start uploading my Icewind Dale campaign that I'm running with uh, some friends and family, so keep an eye out for that as well. Awesome. So got anything to plug? All right. So as always, uh, you can find my stuff at twitch.tv slash farmgoat. I'm also a variety streamer. I play a little bit of everything, but playing a lot of CTs lately. Uh, that game was a blast. I also have YouTube videos. So you can check that out. I'm also farmgoat. Um, and then the social media stuff for all of us at survival check is Twitter is survival check. Instagram is survival check show. And our YouTube is the DM survival guide where you can find all these episodes under a folder called survival check. And that's it. Also SoundCloud Survival Check. Um, and that's it. I hope everyone has a great Halloween. Or if you're listening to the future, I hope whatever next Halloween you have is great. Just always be celebrating Halloween is what I'm trying to say. Halloween is not a, a date. It is an event. It is a feeling. It is a lifestyle. Um, but I've been talking so much. I'm going to go just go sit in a dark closet and stare <laughs> at the wall and not speak for three days. Um, yes. Um, be excellent to each other. Play some d and I mean, I don't know. Play some tabletop role-playing games. Enjoy your games. We're out of here. Bye. Bye. Peace.